I'm a lady. I gotta get eaten out without complaining about it. Exactly. <laughs> and you also just paid me, so the answer is, oh, yeah, baby, like, that was, you made me so happy. I'm so happy. Welcome to Between Two Whores, the podcast run by two professional whores who are here to talk trash, speak truths, and teach you all about the realities of sex and the sex work industry. And now, your hosts, Mistress and Evil. Heidi Hoes, and welcome back to Between Two Horrors. I'm Evil. And I'm the Mistress. And today we are talking about clients who, well, they fall in love with you, or I should say, they fall in love with the persona that you have presented to them, and can't differentiate between that and reality. Yeah, I would say that's a correct uh, summary of uh, what we had planned for today. Because as a sex worker, obviously you, um, some people might not know that, but you work with an alter ego. You don't work with your real name. You actually make up a name and you kind of also have to make up a entire persona around that because obviously we are there to cater to the fantasy of man. So we very much have to fit into a certain fantasy scheme. And reality doesn't necessarily have a place in that, especially when it comes to very real-life matters. In sex work, we often have to pretend that we are the perfect woman. We don't have periods, we don't have emergencies, we don't have private lives, we don't have feelings, and we don't have, well... We don't have negative feelings and we are not moody. We are always happy, sexy and a perfect companion. Kind of like a doll that has no real personality. But that's not to say that we don't infuse our personality. Like, I think my personality is somewhat infused into my persona of evil. But I also obviously create portions of it and like what you said with emergencies like some days I'm really off but it's not enough to cancel an appointment so I just go in and I'm like hi so good to see you I've been waiting and waiting but meanwhile in my head the end of that sentence is I've been waiting and waiting to fucking go home (laughs) And that's exactly what it is. The clients will only see a very small part of our personas and will actually only get an acted version of what is real. Sometimes we will put in more of ourselves depending on how much we like the client or how comfortable we feel with them. And sometimes we will really just be very good actresses. So oftentimes it can happen that a client actually gets very infatuated with that persona that we are playing for them. And I'm sure you had that experience in your work life so far. Did you ever have a client that has fallen in love with you, that has really gotten obsessed with you? Maybe do you have a a little story to share with us? Oh, you know who he is. I do. (laughs) That's why I asked. He is, um, you know, he is really sweet. He is this like goofy, sweet guy that always comes on time, never cancels, you know, never tries to haggle money or anything like that. He's a regular. He shows up every 
month that we're in the studio. But he's also very clearly in love with me. And this stems from, at least from what I've gleaned from him, we don't really talk so many personal things, but he has, you know, alluded to the fact that by the time he comes to see me again, so if we see each other in April and then we see each other again at the end of May, he's like, it's been six weeks since, like, anyone has touched me. Meaning I was the last person to touch him, and I know that he's married. And I think that this sort of fantasy I've created for him and this, and this, you know, this sort of space of comfort where he can just feel and, 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 and explore and try to make me feel good, which he does not. <laughs> Because he doesn't know exactly. Um, is something he looks forward to. And he is for sure in love with me. He follows my my Twitter. He saves every picture that I put up. He, he can't at this point separate that I lead a separate life. When the pandemic happened and I was tweeting some stuff, he was like, oh, I bet if, you know, I had the chance to come, I could, I could help you with that, with that, with that horny feeling or I, or I miss our times together. And, and clearly, like, I, I can see that you do too. But forgetting that I, one, have been put out of work and two, my Twitter is for promotion. So it's a marketing form. Yeah. So like, Yes, to a certain extent, that is true. I am a horny person. I have a lot of sex, and when it's taken away from me, it is no bueno. (laughs) (laughs) But I am also saying that because I have an audience, and I'm not making money in person anymore, so I'm trying to still support myself. It's a fantasy. I give him a fantasy. Am I excited to see him every time? No. Do I want to punch his face sometimes? Yes, because in the two years he's been coming to me, or us, he has not learned a single thing about eating me out. And every time he's like, oh, you liked it? Oh, you really liked it? What am I supposed to say? No, you still suck as bad as you did when you first showed up. Of course not. I'm a lady. I gotta get eaten out without complaining about it. Exactly. <laughs> and you also just paid me, so the answer is, oh, yeah, baby, like, that was, you made me so happy. I'm so happy. Not, go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, exactly. And I do also remember, I think you told me that he has offered you an occasion to actually help you in your house with some home improvement stuff. Yes, he a number of times has actually offered to drive me home, come to my house, anything I need, he can fix it. And all I keep thinking is, that's really nice. And it's sort of nice the first time you say it, but to keep repeating it, it's almost, I want to punch him because I just keep thinking, dude, I'm never going to take you. And this is not to say I know that some ladies do work out of their home, but I keep that separate. It's clear I keep that separate. I'm never going to invite you to my personal home. I'm never going to tell you my address. I'm never going to tell you my real name because, unfortunately, this isn't real. The thing you also have to see here is these clients do exist. Like, they will fall in love with that persona. And 
if he asks her to like come to her place and help her fix something in her apartment, he doesn't even know if she is maybe married, has five kids or lives with her boyfriend or lives in a in a shared flat with like six students. He doesn't know anything about that. So he has a very fixed mindset of who she is as a person, which is only based off what he gets in that hour that he comes every month and what he reads on Twitter. And a lot of clients have the problem of actually understanding that these kind of like shown persona, this kind of marketing strategy is not who we are in real life. Mm-mm. In real life, we are fucking imperfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're moody. We're cranky. We don't like to work. Mm-hmm. We don't like to give blowjobs. We drink too much. We don't Sing sleep. It. Don't sleep enough. Uh, we occasionally hate on men, and we are definitely not wearing any kind of sexy dessous in our free time. We are wearing granny panties. <laughs> I'm wearing granny panties right now. Same piece. <laughs> but that is when you said that I was like, his vision is that I'm going to give him my address. He's going to come over. I'm going to be dressed in sexy lingerie. And I'm just going to be like, oh, my God. I was like counting down the hours. So you could come fix my sink and then fix me. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just quickly pop the champagne. <laughs> like, no. Spread my legs. <laughs> Absolutely not. So... That is, I mean, he, for me, I mean, I have tons of people that I could probably think of things, but I always come back to you, you have a longer, because you've both been an escort and a mistress, a studio, a dungeon worker. So I guess my question is, did you have that in your escort in the studio as a as a mistress? And are there any sort of differences or does it all fall in line with they just can't see reality? I do think that for most men, it's just like they can't see reality. Actually, when I started out as an escort, I got advised by the the lady that did run the agency that I worked with that if a client asked if I was single, I should always say yes, because that would keep them coming back. And that's advice I constantly got and I never felt comfortable with because I never felt comfortable with leading a client on when I felt he was in love with me. And that's not coming from like, I'm such a good person. I'm just like better than that. No, (laughs) it comes from a point of where I'm just like not in the mood to receive a thousand text messages and WhatsApp by a guy that's completely into me that I don't want to hear about after our date like for me it's a paid date and then Mm -hmm. I want to go home and I don't want to hear from that person it's also protection like because these people can turn out to be insane oh exactly that too um so I actually never followed that advice uh when I was an escort I wasn't in a relationship but I would always tell the people if they asked I would always be like no I have a boyfriend I just do this for fun I just do this on the side to have some broaden my sexual horizon when i was working as a mistress i was i I still am in a relationship and i will be hopefully forever but yes i was always very transparent to clients immediately telling them that i was not up for grabs and a lot of clients voiced their interest in meeting me outside the studio or getting to know me on a more personal level and to be honest like with clients that i really like 
I did meet them like for the occasional dinner and stuff like that. Yeah. Because I do enjoy their company. But these were usually always older clients that were also happily married. that just had a weird fetish that I couldn't live out with their wife. Mm -hmm. And they totally respected me and my relationship. They would ask about my boyfriend. They would ask about my, my child. It was just a very like amicable kind of meeting. But I would never meet with a client that is like obviously in love with you. But yes, I, I do feel a lot of times like most of my clients don't see more than what I show them at work. They don't see that I'm more than a fantasy they have only with the clients that I really have a bond with. And that also share stuff with me. I might return that favor. Um, but I do know ladies, like to come back to the topic of that advice that I got first, like we also have um, a common friend that has been in the business many, many more years than us. Oh, that's an understatement. <laughs> I think she's old. And she's been in the business far too long. You know that she has a lot of boyfriends, in air quotes, boyfriends, um, which are basically clients that are getting too in love with her. And what she actually does, I don't know if you know that, um, I talked with her a couple of times about that because I could never like really understand why she would do that. And... She told me what she does is if someone really like falls in love with her, she will meet them more often. Like she will kind of like have a, a certain bond with them, but she will keep her boundaries somewhat by saying like, you know, I have like a lot of expenses. I still need to work this job. So if you pay me more, that would help me out. We would have more time to meet. So it's basically a way of making mm. money, but you have to juggle like these entire different pieces of secret lives and secret relationships and people that really I mean I didn't know that aspect of well obviously I feel like I know that she's being compensated but that is still new information for me but that these people also truly believe that they are in a relationship with her and when they don't receive the attention as I've seen firsthand it's just I I, I could never because I just feel like they get obsessive because they yeah. don't feel. I do think that these clients are also not stupid. They're somewhat stupid for falling for that, but they also lack that deep trust and bond that you would have in a healthy relationship. So they get very stalkery. Like the moment she goes on holidays and she just switches her phone off for like three, four days, we are getting the phone calls from those clients being mm -hmm. like, is she okay? She didn't answer me. Like, is she there? Why isn't she answering my 30,000th call of the day? It's 9 a.m. <laughs> no, exactly. And it's uh, a very slippery slope, I think. So, yeah, for me, I, I never wanted it. I was very transparent in everything that I did. I even, I worked pregnant, like, until the That's eighth very month. Very true. <laughs> she did. She was a rock star. Yeah, so I stopped that line of thinking in its tracks. So what do you think? Like, in your work, obviously, you portray a character like you're evil. Mm -hmm. If you go just by the way you carry yourself at work, what do you think clients see? Like, if you would have to describe evil. Evil is... I don't want to say meek, but she's very soft. She's very, like, diminutive. She's very sort of, like... Um, of course I'm happy to see you. Like, <laughs> just, I 
been counting down the days. It's just so nice that you're here now. I'm I'm very pleasing. I guess I could say that. Like I I work as a submissive, so I'm there to please. And that also is why I've never not said that, you know, I could have said I had a boyfriend, but I feel like my instinct is, oh, I'm here to please. That's not what they want to hear. So I say, I am single and ready to mingle with you, sir. <laughs> You are the cock I've been waiting for. Um, All the four others I had today were no good. Exactly. So I just, and I've had people where they come in and they're just, they'll say, you know, you, you didn't have it good enough today. And again, of course, because it also is my work. Regardless of what I do or not, I am also here to fulfill a fantasy. So my answer to you haven't had it good enough today, even though I'm tired, sweaty, don't want to be touched anymore, is no, no, I haven't. I'm so happy you're here. I just, I, I need you. I need you inside of me now. Eat my pussy. Because for me to say the reality is, hey, buddy, I only stuck around because I needed the extra money. Mama's got to pay rent. I, I honestly want to vomit at the thought of you touching me right now. Doesn't have the same ring to it. Doesn't really lure them in. No. no. So I think I'm just more, I'm somebody, because I work as a, as a submissive, I am somebody who... My my answers and the way I present myself is to just always be in a pleasing manner as long as I'm not hungover. Very good uh, addition. <laughs> <laughs> no, and also the thing that makes it easier for me as a dom, even though as an escort I also was saying that I was in a relationship, but I think it's just the way that I carry myself at work that always came over a little bit more dominant. Mm. So for me to be very direct and just... I mean, I still don't tell them the entire truth. I still portray a fantasy. I'm still the elegant mistress. Of course. The very refined lady that also loves to talk dirty and I'm just working there. I have a partner, but I'm just working there because at home my dominant fantasies are not getting fulfilled mm -hmm. because I, I'm telling them that my partner and me are both dominant and that's why we can't really play together and that's why I have to go to the studio to have my fun, which is not true. I'm there for the money. I'm there for the money. It's always about the money. I still enjoy it, but I'm I'm there for the money. I'm not there to play with some like one fifty tiny dwarf man that smells like reddish. <laughs> well, but that's true in any in any sort of work. Yes, you can love your work, but you're not gonna show up day after day and not get paid. You're not gonna get compensated. So even though we enjoy what we do. It's also our job, and I'm not going to just show up and fuck a ton of men and not get paid for it. I could go do that on my own and actually pick who I want to sleep with. Exactly. Just as easy. You might even have more people in a day than at a studio. Exactly. Yeah, so basically, I also like portray a wrong picture of me, and I, I tell them all those things, and like in their head, I am this dominant nymphomaniac... <laughs> <laughs> sex goddess that just wants to torture them and have your way with them and have my way with them but of course it's also not true but that's what they're coming back to and a lot of times that's why I also still get 
clients that just don't understand those boundaries and that still will invite me to their place that still call me like late at night after I've worked a full day and I, I usually work very full days at the studio I start early and I work late that will call me for like a 11 p.m. appointment where I'm already have been on my legs since like eight in the morning and it will like oh I would love to come now would you love that and well no I would not love that like I'm tired, bitch. <laughs> exactly. But they're just so in a fantasy that we have this like two-way thing going on where I am just as excited as they are to see me. And that can be a little bit tiring at times. It can be. And the when you said that, it made me also think that we also feed into their fantasy of that they're, you know, they have this attention. They're super important. So they don't give a shit about us but then they want to spend 20 30 40 minutes after the fact chatting about their life because they think we're so enamored with them that we want to stand there and be like oh yes you're t you're tiling your kitchen tell me more oh the plumber came Oh, yeah, I remember that one client, do you remember him, where I think he booked us for an hour, mm -hmm. and then he was talking an entire other hour about the pipes in his bathroom in detail, <laughs> in detail, and it was so boring, and we just couldn't find a way to get out, and we were, like, trapped in this room with this man, like, yeah. hammering on about his stupid bathroom in the ceiling and putting out his phone and showing a million pictures, and... It's the dangers of working in a dungeon because we really only charge for the hour of play. We And we don't necessarily kick them out after. So they're still feeding into this fantasy. And their whole thing is, is, well, I paid you money. Well, you didn't pay me money to stand here and talk about your fucking kitchen pipes. I mean, dude, it's almost 11 at night. I would like to um have a wine. <laughs> go home yeah so it can just be very very draining sometimes to at the same time have to entertain that fantasy and actually keep the clients coming back like mm -hmm. make the client like us enough to come back but at the same time it can also be very annoying or frustrating for us to then have that actually work which is what we want but sometimes it works a little bit too good and i get a little bit too obsessed with us too obsessed. Um, that's something I feel like that is a constant navigation. The the male that I spoke about in the beginning of the of this podcast, you know, I still have him as a client. I haven't kicked him to the curb because so much of him as a client is a good client. Again, like I said, he he shows up. He he pays the money. He's respectful. But I also know that there's he has so much invested in me. And to keep him coming back, I have to almost equal that investment. He's so excited to see me. He's so horny. I'm so horny to see him. I'm so excited to see him. Even if it is a Thursday afternoon, my back has spasmed for the hundredth time. I cannot even stand up straight. I have told him this. We continue with the session and he is convinced that his cock has remedied my back spasm or at least put a smile on my face. 
By the way, it didn't. She it, actually went to hospital just after the session. It did not. And I feel, I just know how my facial expressions work. So I might have been smiling, but it was clearly a smile of pain. A, a smile of, I have to smile right now. Just do it. Just do it. Oh, that was great. I so enjoyed our time together. But, you know, I also know divulging from this infatuation, this fantasy, also loses me a client, which at this point, between, you know, issues that I had before and now a pandemic, I don't want to lose. So there's also this tightrope to walk. That's true. Do you find it is then harder to actually work with clients that are so in love with you? Or do you find it easier to have someone just walking in the door and being like a random stranger or random regular that is not clearly super into you? My favorite clients are randos that show up. It's a great fucking session and I never see them again. <laughs> For people like this dude, let's call him A, it's so much more mentally draining. And I, even when he books ahead of time, I almost find myself, my stomach nodding up because I know how much more acting I have to do. I know how much more <laughs> batting my eyelashes I have to do. It is true. I feel the same like for clients that I have that I know are very excited to see me or that I know only see me and no one else. And they kind of have a thing for me. They know they can't have me, but they still have a thing for me and they still want me to like kind of respond as you explained, with that same level of excitement, I feel then I don't only have to be physically and mentally invested, I also kind of have to, I have to fake to be emotionally invested. And that is very draining because I find it way harder to fake emotions than mm -hmm. to fake all the rest because emotions are somewhat still connected to the true self. So to come up with a whole set of new emotions for your work persona, that is so draining. That's why I also really don't like to work with clients that are getting too in their head, uh, getting too much of a fantasy of me in there. And I usually, at some point, it comes to a point where I cut them off. I won't see them anymore. Yeah. Because I can't deal with that. I know a lot of ladies don't do that. They actually go over that and they take more money out of the client. But for me, it's too much of a mindfuck to go that route. And for me, it's sometimes really hard to understand why clients actually cannot see us as persons, why they only see us as a fantasy. Because obviously, they also come from their outside life. And they're coming to, especially to a dungeon, to escape that outside life. They're just there to live out a fantasy. They know that we are a part of that fantasy. But I think for some of them, it's not clear that we, after the session, we also go home. We also go home to a very different life. Just like them, we go home to family, we go maybe home to a different shop, we go home to our flat that looks nothing like a pink fluffy brothel room. And I sometimes don't understand how they cannot see that we might also have a different life. I mean, this can for sure or will be another topic we discuss, but I feel the same way. It's They think I live there. Their fantasy for me is just so deep that to think otherwise, to picture me as just a normal lady, not dressed in BDSM gear, with cuffs and collars, is just too much for them. 
They're paying for something. And it's, again, like you said, it's an escape. So why do they want to see past that escape? They're paying for the escape. The problem that happens is that they like coming to you so much that after a while, them not seeing past that escape starts to feel very draining on you. And intrusive in a way. Yeah, because they think there is a client that always books me last minute, late at night. And I have continuously told him that he needs to message me with a lot more hours in between his request. Because oftentimes I tell him, I'm done. I'm done for the day or I'm booked. Oh, you can't. No, you can't message me an hour before and expect me just to jump at your cock. Yeah, I have other appointments, but also it's now very late. And you know, because I've specifically told you that I've been here all day and you know when I'm at the studio I'm here all day I'm probably ready to go home but in his head I'm undersexed oh wasn't he the client that also asked you uh, or told you if you wanted to wake up next to him you knew who to call yes that I'm undersexed and I really, you know, what I need is a weekend away with him, unpaid, where I wake up next to him and I know what good sex is. Trust me, it's not good sex. Also, it's extremely private. Uh, <laughs> Hitting all the wrong points. Mostly because I'm just like, how do we get this in? Anyway, I, I digress. <laughs> um, But he thinks that I just live, even though I have made it clear that I that I have a home, that I have another life, that I have another job, which I, at one point, because I, I think he was so convinced that I lived 24-7 at the studio and every hour I was having sex, yet somehow I was undersexed, you know, that I never left. Even though I had specifically told him, I have my own home. I have another job. I have a a civilian professional job that I have to show up to Monday through Friday, which was somewhat a lie, but also I used to do that. So fuck off. And that, you know, I didn't live there. I had another life, but his whole fantasy, especially because I feel like he obviously was having issues at home was no, I am there. I'm waiting for him. It doesn't matter the time. It doesn't matter the day. He says jump. I say how high. Yeah, and that's uh, very true for a lot of clients. But yeah, we um, we are to blame here as well because we feed into the fantasy because also that's what feeds us at the end of it's the day. It's our job. We're here to give the fantasy. So for any potential clients listening to this, we like you. We just don't love you. Exactly. And please do us the favor. Don't show us too much of your love. I have, in my many, many years of working and meeting so many different sex workers, never heard a story of actual love between a sex worker and a client. No! Never. Never. Of not. And yes, I heard of many fake relationships that the client thought he was in a relationship with, with a lady, but these were not real. None of them. So... Please do yourself a favor, know that it's only a fantasy, know that we are only playing a role and that we have an alter ego. We are not nymphomanic sex goddesses that are constantly 
waiting for cock. We are just plain chains walking the earth in our Birkenstocks and... <laughs> we get tired too. Exactly. And we are also um, on occasion very unsexy. What like, you- right now? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure my stomach growling has been recorded throughout this entire episode. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, so, yeah, so this was our little excursion into the sex worker world for you today, and we hope that you enjoyed our view on this. And if you want to give comments or ask questions, you can follow us at Between Two Whores on Twitter with the number two. Uh, We post weekly podcast episodes every Wednesday, and we hope you'll join our little ho-hive. Working on names, people. It's a work in progress. But yeah, please follow us and leave us your questions, comments, views, whatever, sexy sexy fantasies we're we're here for it all um stay safe and stay kinky bye goodbye